holiday scene. Think of the Disney movie Beauty and the Beast, right? You look at the beast, and yet by the time you get to the end of the movie, you know that the beast isn't just this horrible monster, that things aren't always what they seem, right? Behind that, that big beastly exterior is actually a handsome prince. I was reminded of the same thing when my brother sent me a picture. He works in, with biomedical devices and so texted me a picture of a number of different things that they were doing, a number of different things they were testing, and one of the pictures that he sent me was a man who looked like he was a janitor, in my opinion. He had jeans on, a t-shirt, tennis shoes, and was kind of standing behind one of the things that they were testing, and next to him was a, a man in dress pants, white jacket, right? And I texted back to my brother and said, let me guess, the guy in the jeans and the t-shirt and the tennis shoes is the smartest guy in the room. And he texted back and said, actually, second smartest. To which I said, he looks like he's the guy that was cleaning when all of these other doctors walked in and just happened to sort of stick around in the back of the room to see what was going on. You'd look at him and you would not expect him in the, in the room and the situation he was in to be the second smartest guy in the room, but things aren't always what they seem. Or perhaps you like movies. Think of any spy movie. Right? All the number of different times that things aren't always what they seem. Perhaps as you think of who the spies are or, or the people who are, who turn, who are turncoats, and change sides or the, the different tools or things that they use. That you, it looks like one thing, and then moments later it's something completely different because, well, things aren't always what they seem. In our first lesson from Revelation, in essence, God looks at you and says, you are a saint. Do you remember what a saint is? Perhaps you, you were listening during this children's message, right, and heard that a saint is a holy one. And perhaps what pops into your mind, well, things aren't always what they seem. I'm not sure saint would be the first word I would use to describe myself. My guess is that it was probably not the first word if someone came up to you and said, give me one word that describes you. Saint would probably not be the first word that pops into your mind. Because from your perspective, as you look at your life, you'd say, there's a lot more to me than just saint. Let's just say I've got plenty of things that I know about that would challenge that moniker. Which is why, perhaps, as you and I look at our lives, you'd say, well, there's, things aren't always what they seem. Right? I can put a, a brave face on. I can show people what I want them to see. And perhaps what they see as they, they look around this room and as they look at you and as you look around and see others is you see what they want you to see, right? But you know better. Right? You, you pull back the curtain and, and what you begin to see in your life is anything but a saint. And that's usually the things that begin to pop into my mind when someone calls me a saint. All the reasons why I'm not. Right? And, and so what begins to parade before my mind's eye is 
past sins. The pain I felt from sin that, that led me to, to sinful thoughts in my own mind. The pain that I've caused others because of my sin. What begins to parade before my eyes and, and resonates in my ears is guilt and a big pile of it for all the things that I've done. That when I hear someone say, you're a saint, and the picture that comes to mind is someone then that's clothed in Christ's perfection, I'm not quite sure I'd always agree with them. Perhaps what comes to your mind is what comes to mind, the, the words of the prophet Isaiah, right? When he writes, all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags that Isaiah's words seem to be a whole lot more descriptive of me than God's words in Revelation. Right? That as I, I look at my life, what it's, what, what it's more a picture of is occasionally doing the right thing rather than a saint. A saint? Not so much. but then I hear those words in Revelation. And I have a hard time accusing God of being a liar. Because listen to what he, he says to you and me. I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. You and I look at our lives and what we see is a life filled with brokenness, tainted by sin, tarnished by all the, the guilt and things that I carry around with me, anything but a saint. And, and God says, but, but things aren't always what they seem. Right? And he, and he paints this picture for John and for you and I of a bride. Whether you're married or not, you know that moment when a groom catches a glimpse of his bride for the first time on their wedding day, right? You can picture it in your mind. And you can read on his face what's going through his mind. Right? That, that, that stunning beauty, the, the way the dress looks, any number of different details that are just burned into his memory... Because what's standing before him at that moment is probably the most beautiful thing he's seen in his entire life. And now God says, Jesus tells John, this is in this vision, I see New Jerusalem, the holy city coming down. And that New Jerusalem that, that in this vision that John has is the church. It's, it's you and me. It's believers of all time and everywhere. Dressed as a beautiful bride. Prepared for her husband. You don't see any weddings where the bride is dressed in tattered clothing. And this one is no different. Our Savior's bride is dressed beautifully, prepared perfectly for her groom. In essence, God is looking at each one of you and saying, you're a saint. Not because of 
anything you've done or who you are. In fact, you're a saint in spite of the tattered clothings that you wear, the, the sinful deeds that you do, the guilt that you carry around with you. you. You're a saint because you have a Savior. You have a Savior who, who came to earth and washed all of that away. A saint who took those filthy acts from you and instead clothed you in his perfection. Right? It's what we hear happen at a baptism, right? A pastor applies water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in that moment, God tells us that sin is washed away, that created or strengthened in a person's heart. And as sin is washed away, Jesus takes that perfect life that was his and he puts it on you. One way scripture describes it is the, the robes of Christ's perfection, right? That at our baptism, God takes away those tattered sinful robes that we have, those, those rags, and replaces them with Jesus' perfection. So that now, as the Almighty God looks at you, he doesn't see sin. He doesn't see guilt. He doesn't see the, the pain that your sin has caused or the pain that you've received because of other sins. He doesn't see any of that. Instead, what he sees is a, a, a beautiful bride. What he sees is a saint. A holy one. One whose sins have been washed away. One who is now clothed in, in Christ's perfection. And listen to the result now that Jesus points out of being a holy one. His bride, right? He says, he goes on and he says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and he himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. God and man will live together. Like they were in the garden before the fall into sin. No mourning, no tears, no pain, no sorrow. None of that, because those are all the results of sin. And what Jesus did with his perfect life and his death in your place and his resurrection was undo sin. What he did was he took that curse that, that sin brought into the world and, and put on Adam and Eve and all of Adam and Eve's descendants, and he undid it. He undid the curse of sin and, and took away all of its consequences because he took those consequences on himself so that you and I wouldn't face them. So now, what's in store for God's children? What's in store for his beautiful bride? What is in store for you and I as his saints is a dwelling with God where we'll see him face to face where we won't have to deal with any of sin's consequences anymore because sin is gone. 
And so as God's saints, we, what we have to look forward to is a place where there's no tears, no sorrow, no pain, no suffering, none of sin's consequences. Instead, an eternity with our God, face to face. It's almost one where it seems too good to be true. And yet for God's saints, God tells us, write these words down because they are trustworthy and true. Right, you and I would look at our lives and say, I'm not sure I'm a saint. And our God comes to us and says, yeah, you still have a sinful nature that clings with you and walks with you each and every day that wants to pull you away from your Savior. But remember, even here on earth, things aren't always what they seem. Because you are not only a sinner, but a saint. A holy one of God. His beautiful bride for whom Christ has undone the curse of sin. So that you'll live with him forever. Amen. Our Savior Lutheran Church is located on the south side of Birmingham off Highway 280. We are on Dunnett Valley Road, about three quarters of a mile east of Treetop Family Adventure and Sports Blast. Our Sunday services begin at 1015 with Sunday School and Bible Class at 9 o'clock. We welcome visitors and hope to see you soon. For more information, please visit our website at OurSaviorBirmingham.com. Click on Sermons at the top of the page for a copy of today's service folder. You can also find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.